we got a review from Annie, who gave us five stars and this review. Fun times. So much fun listening to Aaron and Brian talking with different comedians, and it's all clean. Love y'all. Keep up the good work. Thank you, Annie, for the review. We appreciate you listening. What time is it? Clean Comedy Time Podcast. I'm Aaron Sorrells. And I'm Brian Atkinson. Today, our guest is Michelle Krajewski. Michelle is a Chicago-based comedian and speaker, a graduate of the Second City Training Program and Zanies. Her comedy transcends gender, age, perspectives, and blood types. We're going to talk to her about the good, the bad, and the funny. So I want to look good myself, so I went to Victoria's Secret the other day. Bought the only thing that fit. They have the best lip gloss. <laughs> what I like about it, they package in these skimpy little bags that say Victoria's Secret on the outside. So I like walking through the mall, let people think what they want. Shop there all the time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Michelle, welcome to the Clean Comedy Time podcast. Michelle, we are looking forward to chatting with you. This is going to be a good talk. Great to be here. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it, too. Michelle, uh, I hope this isn't inappropriate, but I can picture you in that lip gloss. <laughs> pretty sure. Pretty sure I've seen that. When we met this summer, I, you might have been wearing something like yeah, that. Yeah, I, 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 I buy it. Buy it. I buy a high gloss, and then I always put it before I go on stage because that's my opener. Oh, oh okay. Oh. Uh, well, Michelle, again, uh, we're so delighted that you're here, and um, thank you for being on the program with us. Uh, so I have to just kind of walk through some some basic questions here to, to start with. Um, you and I share uh, some places where uh, so I grew up near where you used to live. I, I grew up in Downers Grove, Illinois, yes. outside of Chicago. Mm -hmm. And you you did time, from what I understand. <laughs> Is that in the in the area, yes, I did. I grew up in and... Chicago, but then well, uh, we moved out west to we near Naperville area. So yeah, I did. Yes, out, out west. west. That was out. It's, I'm in the east. I'm in Chicago now. I'm in east now. So that that's out west for yeah. us. Yeah. One of the things that I was reading uh, about you on your own website um, it was just the uh, the expression that uh, of uh, Midwestern middle class middle child perspective, and I think. I'm very intrigued about that, not just because of the alliteration, which I really appreciate, but um, being a Midwesterner, but an oldest myself and middle class for sure. Uh, so what does that mean to you? Oh, all, I mean, all those. OK, well, Midwest, I'm very I'm I'm very Chicago. I'm very <laughs> Midwestern in my views, I guess. I'm just very we're Midwesterners. I always thought we're very friendly people and I'm just kind of down to earth. Um, and then middle class and like, working class, basically a Polish Catholic northwest side of Chicago. That's what I always say in my crowds. I'm like, where's my people yeah. at? And you get like one person. You know, where's my parade? Polish Catholic, <laughs> French Canadian. But anyway, so, but uh, yeah, middle class. And then uh, I was middle child. So it's like, if you ever studied birth order, it's kind of, I used to think it was a bunch of bunk, you know, I'd like, ah, this is crazy. Um, because a social uh -huh. worker who I didn't think was very competent, well, I used to work with, you know, loved it. So I'm like, well, it can't be good then. But once I started, I heard somebody talking about it. I'm like, that is so me, you know, because I was always, I went outside the family. <laughs> like they, they said, the, the older kid goes with the younger kid in the middle class and so the middle class middle kid 
goes outside the family make friends. And so I always thought that friends, you know, uh, some people think that, uh, you know, family is everything and family is everything, but uh, my friends are very mm. uh, near and dear to me. So I, that's kind of, there's a lot of stuff about that. So I don't know if people are aware of what the middle child syndrome is or whatever, but anyway, that's kind of, I just put that all in there. I, I was picturing kind of a Jan Brady thing of uh, always being concerned about whatever yeah, Marshall yeah. was doing. I know and... there's a lot of, you know, people always say like, okay, we're the, the firstborns in a crowd. Ah, you know, we're the younger ones. Okay. You're the screwballs. Yeah. Okay. We don't care about the middle ones. You've got two kids. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. And they are both uh, on the spectrum. I have uh, two ADD kids and I tend to talk fast. So keep up. <laughs> See, when you're a mom of ADD kids, you have to talk fast because simple direction is go to your room. If I don't get it out fast enough, all they hear is go and then I can't find them. <laughs> Yeah, so they're both ADD, but they're like night and day opposites. Okay, my oldest is like my husband. They're deep thinkers. They quote famous philosophers. My youngest is like me. We quote SpongeBob. <laughs> <laughs> so our dinner conversations are on totally different planes. My oldest starts out philosophy major, oh, dad. Uh, in philosophy, Plato says, but Neoplatonic thought says, this is where I turn to my youngest and say, okay, a duck, a priest, and a rabbi are in a rowboat. <laughs> They're talking Plato. We're playing with it. <laughs> uh, nice. There are two, both two girls. Oh, they're two girls. So I don't know why I thought they were. Yeah. Junior. It's somebody else. Swing and a miss. Swing and a miss. All right. <laughs> Well, because a lot of times AD, ADD kids, I mean, kids with, uh, I had more boys when I taught special ed. So, I, you know, I taught, uh, so I had more boys and it, it affects more boys. So then you have two daughters and then you got both on the spectrum and people look at you, like, kind of give you the side eye. But, yeah. you know, that's, that's a whole thing dealing with that in itself when you're, when you're a soccer mom, when everybody's got, my kid's an honor roll student. I'm like, I wanted to get a pumper sticker that said, my kid is average. Yay. <laughs> you know, so. <laughs> well, I just read an article about how, um, women with, um, or girls as the case may be, uh, with ADD, uh, tend not to be diagnosed because they tend more on the quiet side than the boys and the boys usually act out where there's the girls tend to act in. Have you found, I know your, yours are kind of opposite of each other, but have you found that to be the case? No, that's true. And in fact, my old, well, my oldest daughter, but both my oldest daughter has Asperger's. Now they have since, not to get in a lesson here, but they've since, you know, cut out those, those things. And now everything's a spectrum, you know, but my oldest daughter has Asperger's and stuff. She flew under the radar. She was kind of, she was very, um, very quiet and a rule follower and very, you know, she was very studious. And so, but she has AD, she's got the added, you know, benefit of ADD with her Asperger's, which is common. Um, so it was hard to diagnose her they first they thought she was just ADD and then she was um but one of the they I said why do you have a hard time diagnosing her it took like two years or a year after you know seeing the psychiatrist you know and he's like they like well we can't check the box that says she doesn't understand sarcasm see I raised them see I was I, I totally that was my parenting style from the get-go so my daughter understood sarcasm and mo a lot of uh Asperger uh, people on the spectrum don't understand it. So yeah, so yeah, but that's true. That if um, my youngest is like the son I never had, I always call her. She's my tomboy, and she was like she's a crazy nut. 
And uh, so she was a little easier to tell. I was, I was like, oh, my goodness. Yeah, she's ADD. All right. So she was a little easier to tell. But it is true that girls tend to, because they tend to be socialized probably more to be rule followers or they're more, you know, um, for whatever reason, girls. Uh, but I think that's changing now. Uh, yeah, that's what I was, uh, and I just happened to be reading this article this week, uh, and no way did I intend to prep for this conversation. Uh, it's the last thing I want to do. Uh, but <laughs> but it struck it struck me, I'm like, oh, this is what Michelle probably yep. had to deal with. Um, and so uh, as part of that, um, you also became a special ed teacher. Something else about me, I'm a uh, special ed teacher. Um, thank you. Background, abnormal psychology. Comes in handy with the in-laws. <laughs> oh, you know my in-laws? In. <laughs> and I did a lot of subbing. But here's the deal. I didn't work with the young ones because they don't get my sarcasm. The older ones, they're a little like, wow, that was something. First time in a public high school, there's some behaviors you got to nip in the bud. Walking down the hall, first day, kid behind, next to me goes, hey, Carter, quit stealing my stuff, I won't punch you no more. I said, hey, that's punch you anymore. (laughs) Kids can't speak proper English. And they have no sense of history, which is very worrisome. We were watching a DVD in history class, because that's what you do when a sub is there, moving. (laughs) It was an interview of Thomas Jefferson. So afterwards, the kid goes to me, um, Mrs. K, was that really him or some dude in a wig? <laughs> this is where the sarcasm came in handy for me. Uh, that was really him, Russell. We've, in, we've invented time travel, and there's now an app on your phone for it. Kid goes, cool. Uh, so what I'm trying to figure out with this, you've got, um, you're a comedian. Yes. I have a background in abnormal psychology. No surprise there. <laughs> I have uh, two kids on the spectrum and it, you taught them scar- sarcasm, you know, thoroughly, of course, uh, helped them fly under the radar for a bit. But um, with all of that together, you then also worked as a special ed teacher and it, so how did one play into the other for you? Did the, the kids help, you know, make you aware of that? Or did your training and experience kind of point you to, hey, um, I think I know what's going on with my kids here? Or how, how did that work out? Well, actually, what um, what happened is that I was a former, I, I said, I should say a former special ed teacher. I should have said that in the thing. Um, but I, that's what I did when I first, uh, when I first got married and I stayed home with my kids. So the thing is, I had taught mentally handicapped and learning disabled and behavior disordered students, but I had never taught kids on the spectrum because the stuff when I was teaching, this is, I'm dating myself here, but there was mm. not a lot of talk about kids that were autistic. And if you if you saw a kid that was really autistic, like when in the severe, they would put them in the severe and profound uh, special ed rooms. So I left when all that autism stuff hit. So what was really weird is that when my kids were having problems, um, my nephew had some um, issues that he was diagnosed with. But um, but then my daughter, you know, she was just she was a crabby kid, cranky kid. So it was just basically uh, very difficult raising. Um, 
raising her. She's very, very um, irritable, but she didn't have, but then she turned to three or one, two and a half or three when she could talk and understand things. She turned this angelic child. It's like, okay, well, good. So I'm cool. And then it wasn't until she started having uh, social problems in school and realizing that she, she could tell like, you know, Susie next to me is, is not as smart as I am. I mean, the kids know, you know, I don't mean to say it that way, but they know who's, and then doesn't have to study as much. And I'm, I'm doing twice the work and I can't get ahead, you know? And then there was some, once they reach after first or second grade, the social, the kids start to, um, the social stuff starts getting a little bit more subtle and they can't read social cues. And so that's when it kind of kicked in with her. And I was, I was stymied by it, to be honest with you. I'll be, I'll be totally, I mean, like, but I was teaching her all along, like how behavior stuff with friends and how to look. And one time I said to her, at least it's so strange. They said, you know, kids on the spectrum, you, they don't look people in the eye. And she said, um, but I'm, but you do. And she said, Ma, I'm not looking them in the eye. I'm looking right between their eyes. So <laughs> it's like, that's, it was really interesting. Wow. Like when they were older and they could talk a little bit more, but then my young, and then my youngest was, she was like a, you know, uh, she was something else. She was just a wild kid, you know, and I'd rein <laughs> mm. her in, but she, she was massively, I could tell she was like really ADD tomboy, but she's also on the spectrum, but on a lesser, lesser scale, but she's always had friends. And I, she's, she's the kid that I'm glad I stayed home for. Cause she would have been, I don't know. <laughs> she would have been a criminal, mm-hmm. I think, but, um, <laughs> so anyway, well, so, always time. yeah, I know. There's yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, now she's working a job and she's paying, you know, she's a taxpayer. Okay, good. I, I raised them to be college graduates <laughs> and taxpayers. Okay. And registered voters. I've done my job, but anyway, so no, um, it was, it was really hard. It was hard though. I mean, it was, it was a lot of work, a lot of sitting in child psychiatrist office and all that kind of stuff. And so, yeah, anyway, so that was, uh, but it really did, it helped me a little bit because once I was on it, then I was like all over it, you know, like my mom would say, all, like a, all over it, like a cheap suit. I mean, I was, I mean, I, I studied up and talked to former colleagues and then I got a handle on it. And then I was like, oh, what do we have to do? What do we got to do? We got to do this, do this, you know, that kind of stuff. So it helped it, but it, initially it did not in the beginning. Part of what you were saying there is um, staying home with the kids, learning about uh, what it meant to be autistic at the time and to be on the spectrum. Um, I'm so glad that you were able to be there for him, but that must've then just expanded into an area where you had had this previous experience as a teacher and yeah. in the background in there. Um, but it sounds like you were better prepared than most parents would be. Probably. I mean, I, I, that's why I would like, if, as far as my speaking portion, besides doing the comedy is like talking to, you know, uh, PTA um, people and, and, and parents and how to use, cause they use a lot of humor raising them. Cause believe me, it, it, it really helped a lot. It helped everybody's sure. mental. I mean, if we could laugh a lot as a family and do stuff, then it was, and I could get a point across even with the sarcasm, you know, it just really broke the, it really broke the tension a lot. And it really was very, very helpful, but it wasn't, then I started subbing as the kids got older and they got into, um, they were in high school and stuff. And I felt confident that, my daughter wasn't going to set the house on fire. No, she wouldn't set the house, but I was <laughs> confident that she wouldn't, you know, uh, join a roving gang, you know, because sure. bas- basically um, some of the stuff they have poor judgment, they have poor executive mm. functioning. So I'm like, well, this is good. I had to stay home just because of the, some of the friends she brought home. I was like, holy smokes. <laughs> 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 so I got tips on that. I got tips on parenting and how to deal with crazy friends too. So anyway, that's my story. Well, y- 
you you jumped through to I was going to ask you about uh, now I I know that you do some speaking and you just covered that with PTA groups and and things like that. Um, is there any other areas that you uh, typically speak on when you're not doing stand up? Just no. That's the biggest thing is like doing is um, working on. I have a whole presentation about. Uh, in improving your HQ, I call it the humor quotient because I, I, I liken it to IQs. You know, in the past, they would think IQ was a fixed thing a person had, and then they didn't, uh, they couldn't change it. But I mean, the point is, if somebody's got a low I, lower IQ, they're never probably going to be, you know, a genius. But you can, they can, things, you know, you can raise those things. So I, I talk about, you know, being able to raise your humor quotient and comedy writing and humor and adding. Hmm. So I, I, I speak on that as well okay so that then just this is flowing so nicely here it's just naturally brings me okay <laughs> to my next question yeah which is so um you didn't start out um doing comedy when you were younger you went into um teaching and special yes. ed and yeah. so on and so what was then um you know naturally you're a funny person and the being funny with your family and funny with your kids. But then how does that then translate to doing stand up and going to second city and, and that type of thing? Yeah, no, I, when my kids were little and I see, I, I, I majored in theater in college, like for my first year, but I'm not the starving artist type, you know? And then, cause I was, I was in theater and, and musical theater and, uh, and I took voice lessons and all that stuff in high school. I love performing. I was in a traveling troupe, uh, perform, uh, in, in high school, a musical group. And, and I loved all that kind of stuff. So I thought, well, I'll just major in theater. I'll be like, a, I'll be a Broadway star. It's like, no, I, you know, you get, then you, you get out and reality slaps you in the face. So anyway, so it took some time off. Uh, then I went back and I, I used to volunteer with, uh, handicapped kids when I was a kid, when I was, uh, um, in grammar school and I always liked it. I always like working with kids. I do like kids. So I, I thought I, I went to something stable. So that's my past. That's how, but in the meantime, when my kids were younger and I was staying home with them, I was kind of going nuts. And I was going to a church that was like a Willow Creek, a Willow Creek in Chicago was that was, they had a big association. I went to a Willow Creek type church where I was and, um, and they had a drama team. So I just started doing the drama and I, I became, I worked up the ranks. I became like the second, you know, the, the, the other, um, what do you call it? Not the director, but the drama director, but the assistant drama director and stuff. And I, we were, we would do dramas all the time. And so I was always doing the funny parts. So a friend of mine said, oh my gosh, Michelle, you're just hilarious. Cause I was always putting funny angles into stuff. She said, you need to go to second city. And that was like my, that was my, I'm in Chicago. You know, I'm like, why, you know, that was my dream back in, you know, being a young adult. And so I went every Saturday, I went through the second city training program. And, um, I just love when you're, when you're there, it's like the hallowed halls. I mean, it's like you do shows on the main stage, you see John Belushi's signature in the green room. I mean, it's just like, it's a creative, it's like so cool. So I went through that and then I decided it was like, but it was secular. I was in my mid, I won't say mid, whatever I was, <laughs> uh, mid four, I was in my mid forties anyway. So, um, but, uh, and I, you know, they said, well, I asked somebody, one of the instructors, I said, what are the chances, you know, you have these delusions of grandeur, what are the chances of going further? And he goes, he told me, he's actually, you're too old. 
I mean, you know, and I'm glad, I mean, as, as insulting as it sounded, I was glad for somebody to be totally honest with me. And I'm like, so the more, and then it was, it was very secular. And then sometimes it would just get to the point where you can't really make a living at this. And mm-hmm. otherwise you have to get into an improv troupe. And there was a, a gazillion in Chicago improv troops. I mean, it's like almost, you know, so I just started writing jokes myself, you know, and then uh, took, took took classes at Zany's and um, it's, and then I got involved with Christian Comedy Association in 2004. That's so that's mm, back mm-hmm. in the day. I've been around for a long time. <laughs> and um, Sherry Shepard was there. One of the first ones in, in uh, California, I went to one and Sherry Shepard pulled me aside. She said, you know, you're really funny. You know, I was out of Sherry Shepard's on The View and she's been on The View and, uh, um, she's out of Hollywood and she's, uh, she just, um, yeah, she said, you're really funny. You need to keep doing this. And I was so enamored. I was like, oh my gosh. Okay. You know? So <laughs> I started, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. And she, and she chased me down too. I mean, it's like, it's not something I bumped into her and she just felt like to say something. So that was pretty cool. So I, st- yeah, I started doing jokes and then I started doing the church market and then, uh, I was kind of getting up there a little bit. And then the 2008 crash happened yep. and it was like, that was it. You know, then my kids, that's when my kids diagnoses were happening. And my husband diagnosed with a, a genetic disorder and I kind of pulled back. So I've been doing it a long time. I just haven't done it in consecutive years. Nice. I have had people tell me I'm too old, but I haven't had anyone tell me that I should keep uh, doing it. Oh, really? So I guess, I guess I haven't found, found that person yet. <laughs> oh, well, keep doing it. It sounds like that timing kind of worked out well for you, though, um, as far as things pulling back with the comedy when you had to address some things at home, huh? Oh, yeah. No, it was great. And it was like, that's what was so funny, because not funny, actually, but I mean, it was, I remember you'd hear, you know, as a Christian person, you know, you hear these things, so these Christian people say stuff, and I, 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 I'm I, just so against platitudes, you know, I mean, there's, there's yes, there's truth out there, and I, all that kind of stuff, but it's like, People would say, well, be careful when God clears your calendar. There's some a reason. And so you start getting like, if I'm not getting enough gigs, what's going to happen? The sky's falling. <laughs> Something bad's going to happen, you know. So I got into this. I'm, I'm careful. I, I have to be really careful, you know, uh, comedy ebbs and flows, you know, and things go up and down and your life circumstances, life happens. And, you know, all this happens to you. And I got to be careful. You know, I, I had to really... I, I found myself getting anxious, like, okay, my calendar, okay, I've got the next two weeks, I don't have anything on the calendar, uh-oh, does that mean that I'm going <laughs> to, something's yeah. going yeah. to happen, nothing. Oh, goodness. yeah, yeah. No. what am I going to do, <laughs> yeah, so, anyway. <laughs> yeah, if if you had talked to me two years ago, I would have been kind of right there with you, like, oh, yeah, I got a, two weeks with nothing on the calendar, and I, I should, you know, get out there and hustle some stuff up, and so on, and now it's like, well, let's see. It's been two months without anything on the calendar. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, there's a pandemic. Uh, yeah. Well, right. And that's another thing that's, you know, so it's really, really difficult, you know, with the lock, the lockdown. It's like you want to write, but it's hard to get motivated. And mm-hmm. then, you know, and then who knows where it's, I mean, even like, you know, depending on where you live, is there a mask mandate? What do they do? Do you feel safe going out? You know, where are you at? So even now I've kind of, my, like I said, my husband's got some, a uh, lot of health issues and stuff and and i'm thinking i don't there's some places that i just can't go because i just yeah. think that they're not careful is that if that makes sense yeah, absolutely and i just said you know so it's really that's a, that's another wrinkle you know in this too and plus the fact that oh my go- goodness comedians are coming out of the woodwork i don't know what it is it's like 
It's like <laughs> it's like Night of the Living Dead with comedians. I was telling somebody with in Chicago, especially people move here from small towns, and it's like you could you could just like <laughs> like in a zombie movie. Yeah. You know, it's like I know this sounds gross, but you know they keep walking. And they said, "Let me tell you about okay, this guy. You know, somebody come right behind him. They're right behind him. It's like <laughs> so. That's another thing. It's like they say, "Oh, you're from Chicago. This, this place is to get on stage, and that's true. But there's also a ton of competition. Sure, you yeah. know, you have to be constantly out there so that's that's a little frustrating but anyway yeah uh yeah that's one of the things i've really appreciated about living in uh trying to you know work in grand rapids is um there's you could work every night of the week open mics for sure and then and then it becomes um you know maybe not a lot of church shows because you know the the churches around here don't want to spend money um like they do in some other parts of the country and so on. So there's, you know, that kind of ebb and flow there. And at the same time, nobody's asking me to give them 25 bucks and bring 10 people to an open mic for permission to be on stage. So, yeah. 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 Yep. And we've Um, had, we've had actually some really good experiences with, uh, with churches around here though. mm -hmm. And and for sure, being able to actually pay some of the comedians that are on shows with us a, a pretty good amount. Yep. Um, that's good. You know, for, yeah. a, for a 10, 15 minute spot. So it's kind of nice, like, like Brian was saying to be in this, this size market of comedy, you know, there's opportunities, mm-hmm. but everybody know still knows each other and everybody's out to help each other out. It seems, you know, just a thing that fascinates me all the time. You, you mentioned, um, after doing the second city thing that you kind of started writing some things on your own. And so mm-hmm. what is your process for writing is is it inspiration of things that you observe and see in things or are you more of a topical thing how do you approach creating comedy well most of, i think it's observational most of it's not i don't do a lot of topical stuff because uh you know as you and i both know it's like you get especially political yeah. forget that um but i i want to you know i always say that i i try and get people to laugh at you know to to bring people together. You know, I don't, I don't approach topics that are, that are, um, that would cause a problem. And so I, uh, yes, yes. So I, I like to, it's relational. I think it's, um, observational stuff. Um, my process is mostly something funny will happen to me. Like, you know, I, I had this thing called, I have a new thing I'm working on called everything dings. And so the problem is like, I'm deaf in one ear, so I can't locate sounds. It's hard to, so one night there was some, this chirping sound. And if you get like, we got new appliances, we'd redid our kitchen. So then we got new cell phones or something happened, something, a new cell phone. And I'm like, okay. And something was chirping. And my husband and I are both, and he's, he's losing his hearing, you know, we're both going around with our ears. Like, where is this? Okay. So we're trying this. And so, you know, so I've got this whole bit that I'm working on. Okay. Went in the kitchen. It's not the dryer. Did you make toast? No. Is that the refrigerator still open? No, no. Is the washing dish? <laughs> no okay is the, is the microwave on is something okay did you put the dryer on how about the washer you know we went through every you know it's almost like a mental checklist and so finally we go we go into the it's like okay this is driving me nuts and so we go into i said okay let's go out and is it inside maybe it's outside the apartment okay so maybe you know so we go out in the hall and i was it's like his hearing aid batteries are going off <laughs> and i'm like after all this it's like so so it's your you're walking around going it's wait it's it's 
it's it does it's not happening when you're in the room, but you're here. So anyway, so that you know, so all like absurd stuff, absurd things or things. Most of it is that kind of stuff. And then I sit down and write. I write things. I'm a kinesthetic learner. I write things out. I, I write like like Seinfeld does, like with the with the pen and the big pen and the. I have notebooks. That's I'm a learner. That's how I memorize my stuff mm. too. I write out. I write in a notebook, like every other line. And I'll write it out in that way. It's almost like a poem, like a rhythmic thing. Mm. And then I can, I take arrows and I move things around. And then I, you know, so that's kind of how I, that's how I approach the process. Well, the time has come on our little podcast to take a break, but we'll be right back. Be sure to give us a review on Apple Podcasts so it's easier for people to find us and like us on all your podcast favorites. We'll be right back. Thanks to all of you for listening to the Clean Comedy Time podcast. Yes, thank you. We so appreciate you letting us and our incredible guests share the good, the bad, and the funny. And if you're enjoying the podcast, we'd like to hear from you. Please leave us a five-star rating and a short review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Or you can now send us a voice message through Anchor, and we might just play it on an upcoming episode. To send us a voice message, go to anchor.fm slash cleancomedytime. Click the message button and record what you want to say. Thanks again, and we look forward to hearing from you. Boy, Michelle, it was so interesting to listen in that uh, first half and and hear some of the things that kind of overlap a little bit with us with, you know, being connected with the CCA and kind of balancing the... um, balancing this this role of speaking and comedy together uh so that was really interesting to get to know you a bit i appreciate that and thanks for sharing all that yeah i'm having fun (laughs) (laughs) well if you're having fun we're having fun okay (laughs) good all right (laughs) (laughs) yeah well in the second half we like to dig a little bit deeper we like to find out what's going well in your life and also some things Mm -hmm. that you might be struggling with so michelle what's going well in your life right now Okay, just in across the board, anything? So anything yeah, right? any anything okay. that's right. going well. Yeah. Okay. What's going well is that everybody so far we're on an even keel as far as uh, you know. My kids, uh, they have like we had talked in the first part, they have their issues and stuff. My my oldest daughter is working on a third master's out in, on a, at American University out in D.C. She moved across the country, was a librarian for five years, lived on her own, just you know so. But both my kids have, you know, still as an adult with issues, you still have issues. And it's like so and, and you know, you'll hear parents say things like, well, you never stop worrying about your kids. It's like, well, yeah, that's that's true. But it's it's a little bit more. It's like times 10. The doctor once time said it's it's like times 10 with, yeah. you know, with kids on the spectrum. So right now things are going well. My daughter uh, is, you know, she's my youngest one is employed and and. I uh, got a job with a 401k, you know, so that's good. You know, she's the one who I, you know, she, I got through college. It was very, very difficult. I mean, that was like the pressure you're constantly putting pressure and, but like gentle pressure, you have to constantly push forward, you know, with kids like this and what are you doing? And it's a lot of, um, but now my husband's retired. So he's kind of, he's really helped a lot with taking over the role with education. Cause I have, I know nothing about higher education. You know, I mean, I got, I, I have a bachelor's degree. I never, I got other certifications for other different uh, um, special ed 
things, but I've never, I don't have a master's and my husband's got a master's. He went back to school and got that. So he's really, he's really into the academic stuff. So he helps them with the adult, the adulting portion, which I'm really, really pleased with. So can I get his number just, you know, for the adult? Sure, sure. I'll, I'll after the show. Okay. I'll give you all okay. his numbers. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Wait, so, it yeah. sounds like you are really proud of your kids. Yeah, you know, and it's yeah, it's been a lot of work for everybody, though. You know, and and I, I really sometimes I have to sit back and say, my husband when he when he was working, he was working, he was traveling like Monday through Thursday every every week. So I did a lot of this stuff. I don't want to say myself because it's not, I'm not putting, it was just the way it was. I'm not, I'm just being honest about it. You know, it's like, I'm not saying, oh, he was never home. I mean, he, he was the breadwinner at that point and he was, you know, and I was fortunate that I could stay home at the time with the kids that we, you know, that was, that I was able to. So that was what his job demanded. But in the meantime, it was a lot of me, like I would get calls, you know, like with my youngest one, especially, you know, it's like I, when you saw, cause they were in district 203, that's what it's called. So we know the caller ID, not any, not with the phones, I don't know, but whatever, but the caller ID would come up district 203 and I'd be like, oh, that's not, ne- that's never a good call. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah, I never yeah. once have I gotten a call from the school saying, you know what, you're doing a bang up job as a parent. We just want to let you know. And so we're happy with that. So, yeah. um, you know, so well, it was you know, those I, kind I appreciate of- your transparency on that, you know, because because, yeah, it sounds like that was a really challenging uh, process to raise kids with special needs and uh, yeah. uh, and really need to be available Uh Yes, that was, yep, 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 yep. So that was, so there were times, especially during the comedy that, you know, and I would go to, I would pick one night a week and I would go to an open mic and that's my old, you know, and I would, my husband be out of town, but the kids were old enough and I would say, you need to get to bed at a certain time. And I know they probably didn't, but um, that was my time, you know, so I did very little. I would probably, I was probably writing things writing a lot of jokes. I was leading, I was very involved in our church. I led women's uh, Bible studies for years. And that was another thing that I did is that I always thought I wanted to be Beth Moore. You know, I want to be, I wanted to be like, you know, give biblical truths to women and, and uh, you know, and have these deep, you know, cause I'm actually a deep thinker. I know it doesn't sound like I am, but actually I, you know, so I th- I do think about things. So I would think, Oh man, I want to be able, maybe I should be a speaker. Maybe. And it's like, when I started talking, people would just start laughing. I mean, for no reason. Yeah. I mean, like, what are you laughing at? I'm just talking. Yeah. I'm like, so, it sounds like comedy hilarious. was a real release for you. Oh my goodness. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, but I, yeah. So, I mean, I, you know, I got involved in church, I got involved in the schools, I got, you know, did all that kind of stuff. So it didn't leave me a lot of time to, and then when the kids got older, then you're not doing the PTA thing so much anymore. And I thought, okay, then I started subbing because there were, it was college, college was looming. And I thought, okay, this is something I can do. So I, I got a ton of material from the subbing, but yeah. Yeah. Now, you, you mentioned that something that's going well is that uh, both kids are kind of on an even keel right now. What, what do you attribute that to? Uh, I don't know. You know, I think they, we just uh, daily, my oldest daughter, she talks, she calls us every day, you know, she call and we talk and, and, uh, I think hopefully we've given them a good base, you know, and, and we've, uh, we've kind of made them work. You know, I was, they always had to have a job, you know, when they were old enough, you know, like not when they were five, but, um, anyway, but, uh, you know, they always, we always stressed work and being a good employee and being on time, you know, all those kind of things. Mm-hmm. And I, so I'm hope you know, I think, 
you know, I know not, nothing's ever perfect, but um, I think they're on their way. And I'm, you know, so I could, you know, it's just a lot of hard work from my husband, both. So you instilled some good old Midwestern values, huh? Yeah, I think so. I think so. But I mean, I don't want to pat myself on the back too much, but yeah, so they're going, they're doing, they're doing well. And I, I love where I live. We moved back in the city. My husband's got a lot of health issues. He was diagnosed with something called Marfan syndrome and oh. uh, he's six, nine, he's very tall anyway. And, uh, what happens with Marfan syndrome is you tend to have, uh, not everybody, every, everybody presents differently, but his, uh, his arteries kind of, uh, uh, disintegrate. Yeah. So that's fun. So anyway, so he, he has, he has to go and have, uh, you know, his arteries replaced, you know, he had this massive, uh, the aorta, you know, he's got like a Dacron tube where the aorta comes off the heart and it's a very, uh, serious thing. And so, um, that's an issue that's, those are always the challenges that that's probably yeah, one yeah. of the I'm challenges. I'm sorry to hear that he's going through that and that, uh, that you're going through that. That's, that sounds really difficult. Yeah. And we try and take, you know, it's like he goes to the doctor, he's the doctor a lot. Um, and we, you know, we try and find times when, you know, things are okay. Like next week we got involved, we got invited. Our friends just bought a house in Michigan. We're like, oh, they invited us to their place. I'm like, yes. So, um, you know, if we can find some time to get away and he, he really tries to make sure that I, you know, whatever commitments I have comedy wise, you know, he encourages that, but you know, there's one time when he was supposed to have some surgery and I, he had a, I had a gig and he just said, just do it. And I was just, I was so tired, um, uh, from the day and it was turned out to be not as bad of a surgery, but I, I went out and did the gig that night. I mean, it was like, so it's, it's that kind of thing that can, uh, so far he's got some other challenges on the hopper that, you know, that, uh, we have to see a doctor about that, you know, he's got, he's got specialists, but for a lot of stuff. So that's, that's the thing that I could use some prayer for whatever in that. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm getting called to do, I'm working with, uh, some, a lot of comedians and, um, in the Midwest here and a lot of, you know, so it's, that's good. That's well, a good it's, thing. It's, it's going to well. be work. And it, it, it sounds like having some things going on, uh, is, is really a release for you. And that's, that's very important to you, huh? Yeah, it is. No, it is because I have, it's something for me. I mean, I've had people tell me. Wow. You just said, you you just said a lot right there. You just said, it's something for me. It sounds like you've, uh, you've spent a lot of yourself, uh, a lot of your life serving people, caring for people. And, uh, it sounds like comedy is something for you. Yeah. I had a, I had a pastor, uh, she was telling me, you know, Michelle, whatever you do, because she was visiting to my husband at surgery. And so she was she came to see me and we went out to lunch and and she just said she looked me right in the eye. She said, whatever you do, and she said, you like this. Right. And I said, I love it. I mean, I don't think I, I always tell people, I said, I'll be, I'm going to be like in the um, be like Phyllis Stiller with a bad wig in a nursing home telling jokes. I mean, <laughs> I don't think I'll ever. I've trained myself almost myself to be ADD. I, now I know how kids do it because I'm like, I, I've trained myself to think this way. But she said, um, and I said, she goes, you really love this. I said, yeah, it's just like, it's all consuming. Even during the day, you know, when you're a comic, you, you just like, you're, you're looking for funny stuff all the time. And that's really, it's a distraction. And it really does help to, you know, the lighter side. But Boy, she isn't said, isn't it amazing I'm, to have those relationships with people that can come into your house and, and just, just have yeah. that conversation with you and, and something that, you know, probably to her, it, it was just a, a little observation 
And to you, yeah. it was exactly what you needed to hear, a little bit of encouragement to, uh, to keep going. Huh? Yeah, she just said, don't ever stop. She said, I'm telling you, she said, I mean, unless something catastrophic, you know, obviously, you know, you know, can't be stupid about it, you know, but um, she said, don't quit. So I've had, you know, people tell me that. So that was, that's really important to have people in your life, like you said, that, that can, you know, because I, I try not to, I, I'm very much like, I don't dwell on things. I'm kind of, you know, I'm not, I don't, I don't, I don't emote, you know, like sometimes I'm just very, maybe, I don't know what I am, but I just, I tend not to, you know, like I see even people on Facebook and they'll put these long things and they'll say, you know, I always thought that I, you know, I, I, I'm working at my comedy and I want to think, and they, they, they sound like they're making the Academy Award speech. And I'm like, I just look at that. I just don't do that. I'm just like, okay, whatever. You know, I mean, I'm not saying I can't like it post like that. I'm just not one to emote and put that stuff out there like that. Cause I'm, and I don't know if that's just, you know, Chicago, Midwest or whatever, yeah. but I, and not that I don't feel those things. I do. I feel those things very much, but I tend not to, you know, emote too much, you know? So when someone comes alongside and talks to you on a personal level, because I had this thing, I had this joke where I said something like, you know, um, she's like, yeah, you got somebody in the hospital. It's like, does anybody have care fatigue? Anybody have care fatigue? Uh-huh. You know, it's like, it's like, it's, you know, um, you get to the point where, some so much is going on in your life. I said somebody could drop <laughs> drop right in front of me, and I do this whole thing where I'm walking over them, and I'd yeah. have to be like, okay, somebody's going to have to dial nine one one. I don't still have energy for this. I'm sorry. I'd like to, I'd like the help really, <laughs> you know, because it's like this, you know. And then people come up to you and say, "How's your husband? How's your kids? How's your dad? and how's your parents?" Because my parents are in assisted living, and we got it. We're taking care of them, you know. How's them? And then and then they walk away, and they're like. Uh, hello, I'm fine. I'm just drowning in responsibility. Thanks for asking, you know? Yeah. So yeah. it's just kind of, um, uh, it's, it's fun when so- it's nice when somebody acknowledges what you do or, uh, um, you know, encourages you on a personal level. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm thankful that, uh, you have the, those types of relationships in your life. I know I'm thankful for those types of relationships in my life where people can mm-hmm. just come alongside and, um, you know, not, not necessarily strategically or, or trying to get anything, just a, right. just a word of encouragement. Uh, because right. they, that, see you, they see you as like, yeah, like, you know how, and, and it's like almost like a, uh, cause I always feel like you gotta, I gotta be careful because then I'm, I'm like laughing. It, it bleeds into like a Stuart Smalley thing, you know, SNL. It's like, mm-hmm. I'm smart enough and I'm good <laughs> enough and doggone it. People like you, you know, so like these affirmations and stuff. Yeah, so yeah. I, I tend to kind of be like, yeah, 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 whatever, you know, but. Uh, well, <laughs> no, I mean, you touched, you touched on it earlier, the platitudes or like the Stuart Smalley thing, you know, yeah. it's, like there's there's a point where it can become fake where it can become insincere and uh, ultimately worthless you know but that's not what we're talking about here we're talking about those dynamic relationships where somebody can come in and just genuinely give you exactly what you need at that time that's yeah i'm thrilled for you that you have that yeah and, yeah. and I'd I'm encourage you to embrace that and also embrace that with others. You know, it doesn't have to be, a, 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 in fact, it probably shouldn't be on social media with a long <laughs> post, but, uh, yeah. but you never know, you never know right. where right. somebody's at. And, and mm-hmm. just a, a little word of appreciation 
Uh, yeah, or just something gratitude. more insightful. Yeah, or insightful. Like, you know, like somebody is actually paying attention. You know what I'm saying? Right, because when somebody right. says something insightful, as opposed to like a platitude that says, oh, you're awesome. You know, that's great. I say <laughs> yeah. that stuff all the time, too. You know, and that's yeah. fine. Just general stuff. But if somebody can knows you and they come alongside and they say something really insightful to you, that's that is that is so worth it. That that can mean so much. I would say worth its weight in gold, but probably much more yep. than that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, that is some good stuff. Thanks uh, for sharing that. Uh, what's something that you're struggling with right now, Michelle? Uh, struggling with? Um, I think, um, I, you know what? I think it's like, where do we go from here? You know what I mean? Like, um, I think with the the pandemic, it's really brought out a lot of, um, I'm, as far as career wise, it's kind of like, I'm not, I'm not pigeonholed. And a friend of mine told me, she said, it's hard when you do a lot of different things, like people who are working and making, you know, and it's, and I see, um, I think in the work arena, a little bit frustrated because it's like, I'm in the Christian, I do like, I'm doing a church show this weekend. So I'm, I'm, it's not like I don't do church shows, but I, and I'm also the, the night before I'm in a winery with a, a Chicago headliner in Indiana. So it's like, so that's really good. But the afterwards it's, I noticed the Chicago scene is a little bit different since the pandemic. Yeah. And um, there's like, is that a glut of comics? So that's a little frustrating in that regard. Um, well, because- I mean, you're, you're speaking my language you're talking directly to to me right now because this mm-hmm. this is a really challenging time and yeah like i yeah. i'm somebody that if i have a crisp vision on where i'm going you know I, mm-hmm. I can walk over the coals to get there but right i don't have that vision right now i mm-hmm. i just don't know what I want tomorrow to look like exactly, you know, it's, yeah. uh, and, yeah. and, and just like you mentioned, you know, to have a, a number of different things or irons in the fire or, or possible directions, it's, uh, it's, it's disturbing for a, a, a vision oriented person to, to just be completely in the, in the unknown. Mm-hmm. Right, right. And, you know, it's again, being a Christian person, you hear those platitudes of, well, if, you know, if, if God's closing a door, you know, but you got to be, I don't, I try not to, because some of that stuff is almost like Ouija board stuff. I just, I, you know I mean? it's almost like, if I can use that term, I know it's satanic, but no, I don't mean it that, but uh, no, but it's like, you know, you think, okay, if you're hyper, like, and I, I believe, you know, I believe God isn't everything. Okay. And I don't, I'm not, I'm not pantheistic. Don't believe, I'm not saying, oh, there's a tree is living. I don't mean that. But I think, you know, God is the author of everything, you know, and, and yes, I have a personal relationship, but is everything, every time I get a splinter, does that, you know, is there a message behind that? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so sometimes you can be surrounded with people who everything is a, you know, uh, 
a message like that. So when yeah. things happen, when there's lulls, maybe, or you're thinking, am I going to go in this direction? I'd like to speak more. Who do I go to? How do I, I'm not really good with technology. That's another thing. That's a, that's a frustration of mine is that, um, you know, if I were better with the technology that those, so it seems like those are the people that are doing a lot of the work right now, you know, like being able to uh, get this clip and go this and do this and, and all that kind of stuff. I'm horrible even with Twitter. I, I have Facebook is about all I can manage right now and, uh, and Instagram once in a while. But those are my things that I have platforms on. Yeah. So that's I would say the technology, I think, is frustrating for me that I don't um, and I don't know if it's if I'm digging my heels in or whatever. It's changing constantly, so that's a no, frustration. I, I get that. Change is change yeah. is hard, and and technology, you know, yeah, it's it's playing a ever more increasing. But you were you were kind of hitting on something there. The the dynamics of balancing, you know, a a, a secular life and a, a spiritual mm-hmm. life. Yes. Yes. Yeah, and it's like, and so it was interesting that, um, yeah, because I. I I share a story, a guy from the CCA, he's a Baptist pastor from Florida and he did my, he produced my first CD uh, or my, my, my CD. I've got a CD and a DVD, but he told me when I was first in the Christian market, I was like, he said, um, he said, you're, you're holding back way too much. He said, I don't see you as, cause I was like, you know, when you become a Christian, I'm not, I was raised Catholic and I became a Christian in college and that kind of stuff as an, as an adult. And, and then you get in this thing where you I sounded real breathy and I sounded kind of like, Oh, like a Christian person. And I'm like, mm-hmm. he said, get out. This is what he told me. He goes, get out of the church. And he said, get back in the clubs and do you. And he said, if, and I said, well, my mom, you know, talks like she's <laughs> like a sailor. I mean, I'm sorry. I got a big care. You know? He's like, well, fine. If you slip up or something, clean it back up, come back in the church. He goes, but you're really holding back. He said, you're from Chicago. You're, you're kind of tough. And you yeah. have this, you don't have this. And I, you know, so that was another thing. So now I, 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 I'm doing more secular stuff, but then a lot of the secular stuff is getting, again, you know, people are coming out of the woodwork. So then it's like, but I, I don't really fit in. I'm not, you know, um, Southern, you know, I noticed a lot of the, you know, CCA people are Southern. And I think some of these CCA people don't know what to do with me because I'm like, wait, she's from Chicago. She doesn't sound like that. <laughs> I don't know. Honestly, I think they're no. scratching their heads with me, you know. No, so that's, um, and, so and, that's a little yeah. frustration. Yeah. And no doubt. I mean, professionally, uh, whether you're working in the church market or working in, in clubs or whatever, it's a it's a challenging time. You know, there's yeah. there's no yeah. doubt about that. But I mean, I, yeah. I just, I have to commend you because even listening to those clips, you know, you, you come across as very genuine in this conversation, you come across as very genuine, you know, you're not, uh, you, you don't have the three octaves up, uh, voice raised <laughs> and the Christianese is what my wife and I like yeah. to uh, affectionately yeah. refer to it as, you know, yeah. you, you don't have that where, where somebody's saying something, but there's just nothing behind it. You know, it's, yeah. you know, and, yeah. and that's, that's a, a challenge that's, and it's very disturbing to, to deal with that. But again, you, you strike me as very down to earth, very genuine, very transparent. And, and to me, at least, you know, that is a much more real uh, declaration of your faith than trying to uh, camouflage who you are, uh, you know, and go that route. So thanks. Thanks for being you. 
Well, but well, part of the problem. Here's another reason. Here's another thing. I tend. I'm like. I have a. For I'm going to use it a, a nice term, but I have like a really heightened baloney detector, mm. <laughs> and so I have a real hard. T- I just have a real hard time. Like when somebody, you know, and I, and I don't want to this, you know, diss anyone, but you know, when you hear people, and I'm going, come on. I mean, this is like, <laughs> this, is yeah. how, this is how my mind works. I'm like, get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that works against me sometimes because I can't, you know, like people are like, oh. You know, I'm not necessarily, I'm an encourager in a line, but I, I like to be encouraging in a specific way, you know, and I'm not yeah. one of, you know, so anyway, I think that that's probably doesn't help me in my, <laughs> with some of these Christian groups, I guess. Yeah. Well, and you know, yeah, you know, <laughs> well, Brian and I have both been in that spot yeah. where it's, it's like trying to balance, uh, you know, wh- what exactly are we with clean comedy time? Mm-hmm. You know, and, mm-hmm. and uh, oh, yeah. there's yeah. a lot of a lot of folks that, you know, we're clean comedy time, but we might be far too dirty, you know, because, uh, right. you know, I think <laughs> I, True story. I, I think I, <laughs> I recently. Yeah, OK, I'll, I'll share that story. But I recently said the word pervert uh, at a show. Uh, yeah. And, yep. uh, yep. and that was that was not uh, they didn't like that very much. Yeah. But, and mm-hmm. I didn't say anything perverted. No, I certainly didn't uh, say anything bad. I didn't see anything glorifying being perverted, you know, Uh, but I said the word pervert. And, you know, to me, that's way in bounds. But for some people, it's it's out of bounds. Yeah, you you can't acknowledge the existence of that particular word. Um, Right. And I I have recently had some conversations with – some people who uh, somebody tried to introduce me the other day as a Christian comedian. And, uh, and yeah. I said, hang on, hold on, yeah. hold up. I, I am a Christian. Absolutely. I'm a comedian who is a Christian, but my goal is not the navel gazing that goes on in a, a lot of that Christian environment. And with mm-hmm. you, uh, you, when you were describing the, uh, the, the breathy voice and the Christian ease, like you said, Aaron, um, you know, that is, that's just not where I live. And, uh, and I don't think that anybody truly lives in those areas either. So I always just say, I'm, I'm trying to walk where Jesus walked. Uh, and he didn't mm-hmm. walk in the churches. Uh, he, he walked, yeah. you know, out among the people. The only thing that I mm-hmm. haven't gotten down with that yet is the, on the water part, but <laughs> you're also on the wrong continent but. yeah mostly that yeah mostly yeah. that yeah boy this is this is uh, really good to uh, talk through some of this stuff and and i do have to come in on the flip side though man i know some christian comedians that are just the best people on the planet you know i, I oh, know yeah. oh yeah sure. i do too yeah and yes. I, I have friends Absolutely. at church that are so genuine and and that so i i don't want to and I'm sure none no, of us are I, trying I, to yeah. paint everybody with the same brush. Nope. Uh, no, but, no. Yeah, but see, that's, yeah. that's why I'm talking gets me into trouble. So I'm glad you corrected that. <laughs> I'm glad you. <laughs> yeah, that's when we all get in trouble. If if none of our lips are moving, then none of us are getting in trouble. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Except then you got to wonder, wait, Brian's not talking. What is he thinking? Yeah. <laughs> right. I know. Well, yeah. well, he's yeah. not. Don't I worry. Re- he's I not. recently learned about you, Brian, though. If you're not talking, you're not thinking. Yep. True story. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> but in a good way. <laughs> let's say. Let's agree with in that a good nice, way. Yeah. 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 Good way. Yeah. So. 
Well, Michelle, oh, let, let me uh, take a moment here to, uh, you know, thank you again for being on the show. But uh, this is an opportunity for you. You've got some shows coming up and so on. But um, as far as people finding Michelle Krajewski, and I'm going to go ahead and spell that for everyone, K-R-A-J-E-C-K-I. Uh, yes. It looks just like it sounds. Um, yes. If, if somebody wanted to find Michelle Krajewski, what are your favorite ways for people to find you and get a hold of you? Okay, I've got my website is Michelle K Comedy. Ah, so I've got a website. How many, how many L's in uh, in Michelle? Two L's, the, the right L, way, the no, llama way. Just, yeah, double L's. <laughs> okay. Yes, yeah. yes. Um, so yeah, Michelle K Comedy with two L's, right? And then uh, I think my Facebook. See, that's the thing. I think it's M Krajewski, but if you put Michelle Krajewski, I've got. <laughs> You're you know, all I've got place. my. I know, I know. I've yeah. got two. I've got a, a comedy page which I don't do enough on there, but if people like it, that'd be great. And mm -hmm. I put my cal more calendar stuff. I'm trying to do more stuff on there. And then I've got my regular friend page that I hear. I, I put jokes and stuff. So if people want, like, I put funny pictures and jokes. So I keep that just with friends. I had to change my settings. Sure. To some, I, I'm not going to deal with it. Yeah. I'm not going to say, it, but I, I went to, um, I do put some public posts on there because okay. I've got two Facebooks and those are, and I'm on Instagram as I think just my name, yeah. I think. Michelle so, Krajewski. Uh, that's are. it. Yeah. So uh, easy yeah. way would be uh, go to your website, michellekcomedy.com and from there find, find your other pieces there as well. Great. Well, Michelle, thank you so much for being on the Clean Comedy Time podcast. Yeah, Michelle, this was a fun time to get to know you a bit. Thanks uh, for being yeah, on. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. I had a good time. Thanks for listening to the Clean Comedy Time Podcast. We bring comedians together performing their clean material at showcases, fundraisers, and other events. Our shows are free from course language and topics. They work for anyone, anywhere. Check out cleancomedytime.com to find an upcoming show or to bring Clean Comedy Time to you. 